It's Rockin' Vino on KSRO, brought to you by American Ag Credit, money for agriculture. Good afternoon and welcome to Rockin' Vino. My name is Michelle and that's my buddy Coco. What's up? Hey, Coco. And uh, we are bringing you every uh, second and fourth Monday here on KSRO our fun show. It is called Rock and Vino. We pair rock and music and wine together in all different kinds of ways and talk to people who work in both spheres. So it's really, really fun. The show is brought to you by American Ag Credit. We appreciate their sponsorship. And today is really fun because we're following up on an adventure that Coco and I took. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to Little Saint in Healdsburg. It was so much fun. It was fantastic. Um, I mean, the restaurant is so cute, the yes. way that they have it set up. It's very, like, has little cozy nooks and things like it that. Does. It's fantastic. Yeah, a little whimsical, I would say, too. Yeah, yeah, I like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, to talk a little bit further about Little Saint and to learn more about it, we have invited Alex Sarovich. She is the executive wine director at Little Saint. Thanks for being here. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It's such yeah. a treat to meet you both in person. Yeah. Me too. Thanks for joining us. I think our paths have crossed a couple of times because you also have a uh, history at uh, Single Thread, and we've yes. both been to Single Thread, and you've talked with Kyle before. Yeah. So we have some connections already, which we is do. very fun. We do. It feels right at home in here. Exactly. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad. Um, so let's talk a little bit first about your background and how you got into wine. Sure, sure. Well, I got into wine Growing up as a child in Italian heritage, I sat around a table with my family and on Sundays, grandma would make the gravy and we were not drinking wine. In fact, mostly <laughs> we were drinking RC Cola. <laughs> Definitely me, but even my family, yeah. wine was not really a part of it. Um, but I loved that feeling of being all together, sharing a meal, that happiness that, that really invoked. And so I thought that I wanted to become a chef because I was like, oh, well, if I cook the food, then mm. I can make everyone super happy and I can provide that same experience long term. And so I started cooking. I thought that I wanted to become a chef and own mm-hmm. my own restaurant, a dream of having all four of my other siblings help me in the restaurant, etc. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then... We, I started cooking professionally in kitchens and I realized that I never went to the table and that really did not charge the batteries that I really had hoped for. And so it wasn't until I had an experience in New York City with a sommelier. I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I never really knew that being a sommelier was a thing. That's not something they really teach you in high school. So I realized that um, food through an experience, it was a foie gras dish and and lambrusco, Mm. through that experience, the dish was really lovely, but it was quite rich, that foie gras, I'd never had foie gras before, and then the wine was like good, but it was like a little bit sour and a little bit sweet, and each on their own, they were good, not great, together, it was like fireworks. I remember Modest Mouse was playing on the state, (laughs) the the, like speakers, and I just remember this moment so vividly, and I realized in that moment, like, wow, being a sommelier is what I want to do. Wow. And so I started to shift gears and studying wine and and shifted gears in my, my schooling as well in order to kind of set myself on this on this path of serving serving wine as a career. And right now you're level three, right? I am I passed my advanced sommelier with the quartermaster sommeliers back in twenty nineteen. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. That is yeah. huge. It was it was a very, very stressful time. Oh in my, my life. gosh. <laughs> um, it is so insane to me. Like 
what you guys have to remember, like, mm-hmm. and how you can even like smell a wine and know the region and the, the you know, everything. Like, it's just insane to me. Like, it's it's very impressive. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, of course. long story short, that's how I got into wine. Is now I get to be at the table right. with the guests, seeing them enjoying the food, and being able to add to their experience by pairing a wine that. Uh, lens to the dishes. Nice. Yeah. That's Leveling wonderful. it up. Yeah. And I really like <laughs> that, like that. that yeah. you had to have that experience of being with people and understanding, you know, there is an aspect about this hospitality that you wanted to be a part of, but you just didn't know exactly where you were going to fit in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And we see that a lot, too, with, like, different um, people that apply for us. Sometimes they think they're going to take one route and then they're like, wow, I realized that like this is the piece of the restaurant that I really like and there is so many different facets. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it sometimes does take a little bit of time to find To find your right path. Fit. Exactly. Well, definitely. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you also went to Johnson Wales. My sister went to Johnson Wales. Oh my gosh, no way. In yeah. Providence, Rhode Island? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> what is she doing now? Uh, she is a property manager, big time property manager, like managing huge that. office buildings in Seattle. But she oh did gosh. work, I think she even worked for JW too. Like, I mean, you had some sim- similar uh, career paths before you diverged and, and did different things. Yeah. Wow. Small world. It is a right. small That's crazy. world. I know. How it's funny. Crazy. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So um, with your background in Chicago, um, when you went back there after school, what were you doing there? Did you have an entry into the world of wine? It's a great question. Well, wine, you really need a mentor to kind of guide you through, especially when you're studying for these exams, because they hand you a book and they're like, okay, now get ready for that exam. But the book is not all of the applied knowledge that you need in order to to pass the exams or really to be a great sommelier in general. And so I knew I needed to find a group of individuals that are professional that I could learn from and also to find a mentor. And living in Providence, Rhode Island, I loved it, but there wasn't that real wine, master sommeliers kind of focus that Mm. Chicago had. And Mm -hmm. so I thought, move back pay off some student debt, move, move in with mom again, um, lasted a month. And then uh, I was like, you know what? I think that I'll just like rent a place downtown. I think that's going to be a better move for me. Yeah. So sanity was worth it. Anyways, uh, sorry, mom. And <laughs> you can love your mom, but not want to live with your mom. There's exactly. two different things. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So I just started, you kind of have to start from the bottom and work your way up. Mm-hmm. And since I was working in kitchens, that was not the same applied experience that you need in order to become a sommelier. So right. I started off in Providence working as a server in a gastropub, and then I moved to Chicago and the job market was very different back then. You kind of like needed to cut your teeth in, in the city before kind of getting those big jobs. And mm-hmm. so I just applied to a um, restaurant called The Florentine as a server and they brought me on. And long story short, I went from being a server to a sommelier to a head sommelier to um, beverage director over the course of the four years that I was there. That's, That's great. great. Very so, cool. But along that time, it was a lot of studying and then working with master, um, a master sommelier named Fernando Batetta and a really great group of other Chicago wine professionals that I got to learn from and practice our blind tastings together. As Coco, you mentioned, it is yeah. very hard to, to do those blind tastings, yeah. especially when you're put on the spot, which I'm very glad we're not doing today. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and no, then you also traveled to Australia. What took you there? Well, as I mentioned, I I had a very fast 
career to becoming um, running this very large five million dollar property and so I was like wow I really need to grow as a human I was 24 25 at the time and so it's like you know what I'm still young I don't have a kids or a house to pay and so I just quit my job and moved to Australia uh, to really learn and grow as as a human and also for a greater understanding of some really exciting wines that I had experienced in America that I wanted to learn more about there. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. Wow. That's cool. I mean, that takes a lot of guts to to just like, you know, pack up and be like, peace out. I'm going to I'm going to go on this adventure and and grow from it. So, yeah. Kudos to you. That's Thanks. amazing. Trust in the universe. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Out. Yeah, travel is so important for many, many different reasons. Um, and not a, not only personal growth. I mean, there's so many other great things that happen. And then you ended up at one of the world's 50 best restaurants? I was. I did. Yes, I wow. did. Well, my mentor, Fernando, he was a little bit nervous. I think everyone was a little nervous. The Chicago wine community was like, wow, like Alex, are you okay? You're moving to Australia by yourself. So they started... <laughs> Uh, sending introductions to their friends just to make sure that I had some connections and some people in Australia and one of those was Jane Lopes at Attica because this is an it was she's an American sommelier she lived in Chicago for a number of years and so we ended up having a lot of mutual friends and she was running Attica's wine program at that time I also knew that she was studying for the master sommelier exam as I was studying for the advanced so it was a really great opportunity for us not only to become great friends and learn from each other on a professional level um, but also to share that like anticipation of getting ready for such a challenging exam yeah, yeah. We are talking with Alex Sarovich. She is the executive wine director at Little Saint. Uh, you can learn all about Little Saint and visit it. Of course, it's in Healdsburg. Very easy to find, not far from uh, the, the town plaza. Uh, and details online at littlesaintheeldsburg.com. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about how you ended up in Healdsburg because the the path was not directly to Little Saint. There was an important stop along the way that we want to talk (laughs) about. Uh, You're listening to Rock and Vino. You can learn more about our show and uh, check out past podcasts at rockandvino.com. This is KSRO. It's Rock and Vino on KSRO, brought to you by American Ag Credit, money for agriculture. And welcome back to Rockin' Vino. I'm Michelle, that is Coco, and we are talking with Alex Sarovich. She is the Executive Wine Director at Little Saint in Healdsburg, online at littlesaintheeldsburg.com. So, Alex, when we just left for a commercial break, before we, were, we did that, um, you mentioned that you were in Australia at Attica. Um, how did you make the transition from Australia to the cute little town of Hillsburg, California? <laughs> well, I had been following one restaurant in America since they opened, a restaurant called Single Thread. And while I was in Australia, I did not know that I was going to be moving back to America. In fact, I was like, maybe I'll go and work in Hong Kong or Singapore. Well, it's a little hard to make visas line up absolutely perfect. Mm. But I did know that if there's one place I wanted to work for, it was this uh, little restaurant in Healdsburg called Single Thread. And so I applied to them driving up the Western Coast of Australia in RV, and they got back to me. And I was really grateful because they, they didn't have a job posting or anything. But I just reached out, fingers crossed, and um, that was four and a half years ago. Wow. What about Single Thread kind of like 
was enticing to you? Well, they have a farm, a regenerative farm, and a bed and breakfast. And I'm fascinated by the connection between farming your own food, providing a deeper guest connection because not only are you serving the guests in a restaurant but then they wake up and you see them getting coffee in the morning or you recommend where where they go to have a hike mm. or, or or visit a winery mm-hmm. and so it's a little bit of a deeper more intimate connection with with each guest and um, I had listened to some interviews of Kyle and, Kyle and Katina, and I was really blown away by how humble and kind and focused on on love for each other and, and love for what they do, and that really is their guiding light. And I wanted to see what that would look like and feel like to, to work with them. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, that is, I mean, we've both had a chance, luckily, to visit uh, and, and to eat at uh, Single Thread, and it's, it's an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. It's really yes. next level. Yeah. Really is. yeah. And as and I think one of the things that I liked so much was the real attention that we had from the sommeliers there and uh, really like talking with us. It was much more involved, I felt, than at other restaurants that I've been to. So it was yeah. really cool. Yeah. It was a really lovely experience. And yeah. all the wines were great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of good wines. Yeah. Us, for sure. Yeah. And then you moved from... Uh, from Single Thread to Little Saint. How did that happen? I did. Well, Single Thread opened Little Saint, and part of the piece that I was kind of in was that I had passed my exams at this point. I was hungry to start leading a program again because I had that experience in the past, and I felt like, okay, finally I'd done the work. I'd grown personally, I've grown professionally, and now I feel ready to take on a a wine program. It's always been a dream of mine to build a wine program program from the ground up Mm -hmm. and single thread is amazing but it's really a lot of work and um there's a very specific amount uh specific clientele yeah and i really knew that i love serving a really delicious 25 five dollar bottle of wine just as much as i love serving a 2500 dollar bottle of wine yeah and so i wanted to be able to a pass on the knowledge that i had gotten through all this years of mentorship and studying onto the next generation of of wine professionals and um b i wanted to be able to support the wineries that i really believed in and i wanted to see succeed and so i knew that in taking this opportunity at Little Saint that I would be able to build a team and build a program that um, makes me feel like I have purpose. For sure. Yeah. And it's cool. I mean, Little Saint's a great little spot. I mean, it's all vegan. And I would say even if you are not at all vegan and you're like, oh, I'm never going to eat vegan food, I would say give it a shot because mm-hmm. like it was fantastic. Delicious. Everything was delicious. I mean, yeah. even the ice cream, like we had. Right. Uh, we had vegan ice cream that tasted like it had yeah. as much dairy as any other ice cream. Yeah. Had. It was fan- absolutely fantastic. I mean, I didn't feel like I was missing anything on any way, shape no. or form. Yeah. Um, but the, also the cool thing about Little Saint is that they have live music. Yes. And um, are you involved at all with the bands and like maybe their green rooms and setting them up? with some wine sure sure so i do i am able to make sure that any particular musician if they do have on their rider a specific style of wine i make sure that we have it for them Mm -hmm. uh and it's really lovely because it is such an intimate setting like yeah if those of you who have not visited Little Saints second story for live music it only fits 250 guests and that's like really that's absolute max max Mm -hmm. so 
when they are getting on before the show, I see them whether they're sitting at the bar and they're looking for a glass of wine or if they want to hold off and and select something special for later on. And, and it's been really fun to really connect with some of the artists and musicians that I've really looked up to. I really enjoyed not this past tour with Boy Genius who performed back in April, um, but when Phoebe Bridgers came and performed our our very first secret show, wow. she was like, I, she loves chilled red wine, chilled natural red wine, and so I knew that I wanted to serve her one of my favorites, which is by Scott and Jenny Schultz of Jolie Laid Wines, mm. and so just a really beautiful red blend, nice with a little bit of chill on it because they do some of that kind of carbonic maceration with that provides a little bit more of this juicy texture in, in a red wine, and it was really fun to to see her up there sipping wine made by some really incredible humans. That is so cool. And when you found out what kinds of wines that she liked, did you listen to any of her music and go, okay, wait, maybe this wine would pair really well with like her vibe, her style? (laughs) Funny to ask. Um, We do sometimes do music and wine pairings. Oh, fun. We write a farm zine. And so Lori Ubbin, our owner of of Little Saint, Mm -hmm. she is the like musical savant if you will that (laughs) finds these incredible musicians before they go really big sometimes and then um creates this beautiful relationship with them and that's part of the we we have johnny fritz i should back up who who selects all of our wine but johnny and and laurie work together to find these incredible humans and so she sends me music sometimes and we'll we'll pair wines together i don't think i've paired a song for phoebe before but yeah um, definitely something a little bit in, in the feels. Nice. What do you remember any like music and wine pairings that you have done? Or um, that's a great question. So for the most recent farmzine that has not come out yet, there is a song by Warren Treaty, mm-hmm. which they are coming to perform yeah, at right. Little Saint. Super July, super pumped. Right. And they are soulful. It's a husband and wife. You just really sense the passion. And I knew that I wanted to do something that had that same thread of passion behind it, but also kind of deep and rich and something that you want to ponder over. So I paired it with a Pilcro Cabernet Sauvignon Mm. from Granite Lake, reason being husband and wife team that also own that winery. And they really kind of wanted to throw back to the Napa and Sonoma County's former years of lower alcohol, really Ah. more focused Mm -hmm. on the land, dry farmed vineyards, and something like a Mayakama's Vineyards back in the 80s is really their inspiration for the Pilcro. And so I paired it with a Warren Treaty song, and I'm super pumped because I just found out that they're performing at Little Saint. So nice. even me, sometimes I get this news, I'm like, oh my God, this is really <laughs> happening. This is so exciting. I misspoke. They're actually coming uh, to perform on October 5th this year. So <gasps> that's going to be great. You'll have to drink that wine while you're listening to them. 100%. Yeah. You both in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally yeah, in. Heck great. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it on our calendars. Yes. So how do people get uh, tickets for the shows? We sell all of our tickets on Eventbrite. Okay. And mm. the trick is signing up for our mailing list because mm. they do like the Boy Genius concert sold out in four seconds. Whoa. Yeah, I believe that. And they're not transferable tickets. Okay. So it's really important. We want to make sure that we are inviting the Sonoma County community and really keeping it within our um, 
lovely agricultural community yeah. and, and, and trying to do that the best we can in one of those ways is not transferring tickets. Yeah. And then the farm zine, um, how does one access that? So we sell them at Little Saint. Great. Actually, we usually just give them away <laughs> um, because they're they're fun and they're a nice little addition to, yeah. to the experience. And they do provide a, a little behind the scenes of what, what we've got going on, especially at the farm. Nice. Okay. That's very cool. Super cool. All right. So um, in terms of uh, food and wine pairing at Little Saint, yeah. uh, how involved are you with it? Do you come out to tables? Like how, how do you uh, manage that? Great. Well, we do have a team of sommeliers. Mm-hmm. And so most of the time you will see Laurel or Cassie or Gabe out there providing the hands-on pairings. I do come out and support, but given the fact that we are opening up a prefix restaurant on the second floor exactly that's fun and all of these other events that we we i need to oversee it is oftentimes that my team's out there and they do a fantastic job offering those food and wine pairings all right excellent yeah that this is something that's really exciting because it's a pretty recent development right the second floor yes that i know i haven't even heard about that that is exciting i know opening on july 7th Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. So what? we will still keep our music every Thursday night, and okay. then we will still close down the restaurant if there's a super special artist that wants to come up and play at Little Saint. But the biggest thing is that it is coursed out. It's really focused on the Little Saint Farm on West Side Road mm-hmm. and the abundance of fresh produce we get from there. And then our chef, Stu Stalker, who has joined us from Noma in Copenhagen is making the food and leading (laughs) that culinary direction there. Okay. That is exciting. What, uh, (laughs) what's the price for the prefix? Price is $120. Cool. That's amazing. That's not bad at all. 10 to 12 different bites, five like main courses that will be paired. And I am pairing the wines for that experience. And is the wine an additional cost? Wine is additional cost. A mere $65. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, this sounds like so much fun. Thank you so much for coming in here and chatting with us. This is really, really fun. Well, thank you so much for having me. And we can't wait for our next opportunity to go and listen to music, pair yeah. with some wine have some delicious bites a little saint it's a great place thank you thank yeah. you <laughs> you've landed in a good pit place we're happy to have you uh alex sarovich is the executive wine director at little saint again you can find out more details at littlesaintheelsburg.com if you want to hear more from our conversation with alex which we're about to do right now make sure that you head to uh, the website rockinvino.com and uh, you can check out more stuff there see you in two weeks bye go go bye <laughs> It's Rockin' Vino. All right. Welcome back to Rockin' Vino. I am Michelle, and that is Coco. And we now have this portion of the show for our podcast and for our Patreon. So always, if you want to hear a little more of the conversation, the best place to go is rockinvino.com. That's R-O-C-K-N-V-I-N-O.com. And uh, we'd love to share all these great stories with you. Our guest uh, continuing here is Alex Sarovich. She is the executive wine director at Little Saint. You can find out more at littlesaintheelsburg.com. One of the things that I read in your bio, Alex, is that you want to make sure that you have an accessible wine list. Can you tell me what that means? Absolutely. Wine can feel really scary. Like, if you start learning about wine, it can 
feel even more scary because then you realize all the things that you don't know. Yeah. But I found that there's so many different cultures that don't have wine as part of their traditional upbringing and but they still do want to experience it we are in wine country after all and it was really important to me that with little saint that we offered wine at all different price points because i think that one of the biggest fears that an individual has they like make this investment on a bottle of wine and then they don't know their palate enough to like it Mm -hmm. and so my hope is that we have wines at so many different wines at so many different price points so that way each individual when they come into our space can feel at ease and feel like we can um, provide them a guidance to finding the right bottle for them but then b if they are kind of taking a risk and trying a couple different things out that they can do that at a price point um you know fifteen dollars we've got eleven dollar bottles of wine that are all organically farmed that are really delicious but just kind of depends maybe something that's delicious to you coco may not be the same as you michelle right yeah yeah that's true that our palates can be very different they can yeah and so at little saint do you guys you guys do traditional just like wine tasting experiences that are that don't have food as well or is it just food and wine pairings great question we do also have tasting experiences we host a residency within the little saint space we're ten thousand square feet so we've got quite a little quite a bit of space and we have a motto that there's always more more seats at the table and so with that we wanted to provide an opportunity for a local winery that doesn't have a tasting room to be able to pour their wines within our space Mm. and so we previously did have Jolie Laid that I mentioned earlier but now we just started for summer pouring Martha Stuman wines and Martha lady woman owned business she talks that she's a mother nature owned business because her her business is so dictated by mother nature and what that gives (laughs) but we feature four wines of hers the martha stuman team is invited to pour within our space as well Mm -hmm. and the the hope is that a they have a place for them to pour their wines that a lot of wineries get asked to host tastings and if they don't have a tasting room then they kind of lose out on that really special interaction of, of meeting individuals firsthand Mm -hmm. but then also the guests that are just visiting little saint can try even if they they don't know martha just yet through their through her wines Mm -hmm. will be able to hopefully gain a appreciation for them yeah and then we also do a blind tasting because as we go back to studying exams and being part of wine country really want to be able to offer a place that individuals that are studying wine and want to do a blind tasting but don't have five friends or 150 bucks the opportunity to come in and blind taste testable wines in our space for $35. Wow, that's really special. That's yeah. so cool. I had no idea that, that you did rad. that. Thanks. Yeah, it's been so fun. So the, the space is amazing because as you said, there's, there's a lot of room to do a lot of things. So you actually have like a wine shop in addition to bars and uh, places where you can eat. And then, I mean, there's all different kinds of ways to experience wine there, right? Totally. There is many places, outdoor seating, where mm-hmm. if we have a lot of lovely puppies, even sometimes some beautiful <laughs> cats that come and sit out front. Oh, really? And then oh. we have more of like a living room vibe downstairs where mm-hmm. there's, as you mentioned, Michelle, several little nooks to go and sit and relax, whether you're reading a book or wanting to order a burger and work on your computer. 
And then there is the wine lounge as well that has a nice big large table and a couple other bistro tables where if you are looking for more of a wine focused experience, you're welcome to sit over there. But really anywhere on property, you can still order whether it's wine, beer, coffee, Cocktails, um, cocktails, cocktails. Yeah, really good cocktails. Really good cocktails there. <laughs> we loved them. Our, our cocktail program by Matt is really, yeah, really, really it's good. delightful. Yeah, and very refreshing. Like really, just smooth, like clean tasting, like cocktails. Yeah, and with really yeah. cool botanicals in it. Like I think I had like I don't know maybe like a fennel frond or something in my um yeah my cocktail. It was so beautiful. It's like really, really, really pretty. Oh yes, yes, yes. You had the Clarity's Key. Yes, gin with oh, some so good. We, Matt loves to make steeped. We were getting so much fennel in from the farm, and mm-hmm. the the culinary team they just take the fennel hearts, right. but then all the tops. What do you do with it? And so Matt Siegel, our bar director, he works directly with the culinary team to use the things that they're not using mm. and find a purpose for it. So those beautiful frontal fronts we use as a garnish and then we also steeped it into a tea. So infusion too, that's exactly. really smart. I really like it. Yeah. Awesome. Nothing goes to waste. I like it. No. I'm trying <laughs> no. not to. It's so much fun. Oh yeah, you can see here I've totally finished the drink there. There you go. Nice. <laughs> well done. Well, we were just well taking a picture of that because of the the ice was like this just big long, oh, yeah, it was you a know, big, tower long ice of ice. Cube, right? Yeah. It was like huge. It Super clear. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, that's very fun. We could probably talk all day about just ice and the cocktails I know. and everything, too. <laughs> I know. You can buy those ice cubes at Big John's, just so you know. Oh, that's mm-hmm. good to know. Uh, okay. Such a good tip. Insider yeah. tips that yep. you're getting right here at Rock and Vino. <laughs> um, what is it like to be a woman in this industry? And what would you like to see in terms of opening up more opportunities for women and minorities in the world of wine? Oh, gosh. Well... I feel really grateful because I've had some really supportive women in my career that have lifted me up. Mm-hmm. Every, not every, but most of the roles, all of the career changing pivotal roles, like at the Florentine, becoming the wine director, that was because my general manager, Amanda Kipp, she believed in me and mm-hmm. she invested in my role there. And then Jane Lopes at Attica. Those were really two pivotal moments that I had women that supported me through. And so that's what, when I think about being a woman in the industry, I just think of the responsibility of supporting each other. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. We're, I mean, I work in an industry where there's mostly dudes. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, yeah, you have, you have to be able to support other women uh, in our industries and make sure that the doors are open for them. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, And then wine and travel. I think it's so great. Do you, I mean, you had a chance obviously to live in a lot of different places, live in Australia. Uh, How do you still incorporate wine and travel together? Totally. I try to as much as possible. Restaurants, it's hard to step away. But I am very grateful because at Little Saint, our owners do place a great value on education and and employee growth. And, And really at this point in my career since I don't have any more mentors. Well, actually I do. I still have them. They just don't work alongside me (laughs) as much, but the travel is a really important piece because that's where a lot of the growth and understanding comes from. So I went to Burgundy and Champagne last October. Hopefully we'll be able to make it to the South of France and 
I really want to also go to Greece because there's so many islands oh, yeah. there that I want to learn more about mm. the winemaking and the specific different grape varietals. I mean, you know, everyone knows Zimavro, maybe not everyone, but <laughs> Zimavro and, and Asirtico are beautiful grapes, but there's so many other really interesting grapes uh, grown in, in Greece that I'd love to explore further. So that's on my, my bucket list. Hopefully we'll make it happen this year. Yeah. I just had a really fantastic wine uh, from Greece. I could not tell you what the grape varietal was, but it was a white wine that had carbonic maceration, so it had a little bit of effervescence to it. Mm. And it was just lovely. It was so good. And it was only an $18 bottle of wine. It was great. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah, those values, that's true. Because you might discover things that other people don't know about, and you're like, wait a minute, this is really good. Everybody should know about this. Exactly. Ah, Exactly. Gotta get out and travel. Yep. Yep, yep. (laughs) Very important. And do you write for a wine traveler? Oh, gosh. I used to. I I have not. My, where I'm at right now, it's it's too too much to be writing for another publication, but that was a really fun time to be able to write for a winery traveler, and and especially while recounting a lot of the Australian experiences that I experienced firsthand. All right. Well, our guest is uh, Alex Sarovich, and you can find out more. She's the executive uh, wine director at Little Saint. Be sure to stop by. It's fantastic. Um, Do you recommend calling ahead for reservations at, at Little Saint? The reservations are only for our second story restaurant that's opening July 7th. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So downstairs, we touched on it being a little living room vibe. Come on in. We have so much seating that's available and we do our best to accommodate all of all the guests that want yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And we it. also didn't even mention that there's a whole area where you could just sort of grab and go. Mm-hmm. So you could get a bottle and there's a lot of prepared foods, vegan yumminess mm-hmm. that you can take with you, have a little picnic somewhere. I mean, it's really fun. It's a great space. So be sure to check it out. Uh, LittleStHealdsburg.com. This is Rockin' Vino. Thanks for listening to Rockin' Vino. Check out more great content online at rockinvino.com.